Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt-Bernard. And the lovely and talented Kristen Burt will join us next with the family. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. <laughs> By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. And he's rocking out, man. Mm-hmm. He's jazzing out, actually. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Burt finally shows up. What is it, like once a year now? Is that it? Yeah, I was out last week. I was on set, so I'm back. <laughs> I was on set, man. Big shot. What can you do? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you have to leave your house and go to work. Sometimes you have to leave your house and go to work. That's exactly right. You know, I got a project coming up in the near future, next, I don't know, six months or a year or something. I'd just like to start getting up at 3.30 in the morning. What do you think? Three thirty, I can do it. <laughs> I'm yeah. an early riser. How about you? <laughs> well, I can believe me. That's I get a... not just early. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's beyond early. early. I well, you have to remember, I worked the overnight hours at when I was at Shopman BC, um, and I would wake up. I'd go to bed at about seven p.m. and I'd wake up at about one a.m. Oh. and then have to go into work. Yeah, mm. I worked till oh, yeah. six a.m. Didn't you hate it? It was hard. It, you know, yeah. it is hard because you live you um, kind of the opposite schedule of everyone else. And then at the same time, I was I held that Jesse Ventura job at the same time and worked 3 to 6 p.m. So oh, I, would, God. I was sleeping in shifts. <laughs> it was really tough because I would go to bed like yeah. 7 p.m., 
to midnight, 1 a.m., go to work, work 3 to 6 a.m., return home, take a nap from like 7 a.m. until like noon. It was rough. <laughs> yeah, you don't really have a life. No, I didn't. And my social life, honestly, was the days that I could go out to dinner with my producers from The Jesse Show because they were all from Los Angeles. And we would go out to dinner. And that was pretty much like I'd go out to eat and then I'd go home and go to bed. <laughs> Now, I have a little bit of advice for you. The next time you tell that story, mm-hmm. make sure you hit the, the letter F really hard, and I was sleeping in shifts. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, shift work is the shits. So. Yeah. <laughs> that is well, the there, truth. It's I have so much admiration for people who work that, that overnight shift for years on end. It's, it's tough on the body. Well, you must get, I don't know, maybe you don't get used to it. I, I think there are all kinds of, like, uh, disorders, though, that come with working like that. You know, uh, for me, um, as a female, it totally affected my cycle. Totally sent my hormones out of whack. Yeah. Just well, and I just, wasn't getting enough sleep. No, and, and luckily you were probably much younger when you were doing that, so you can, you can do it. I think at, after a certain age it's just impossible to have it broken sleep is. like that. And, yeah, probably. Yeah, I bet it affects your memory and everything else. It's just I know when I don't sleep well, my memory sucks the next day. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. Yeah. Yep. Just, it's all true. Those synapses just are too tired. Oh, God, here we go. Don't got no synapses. Don't got no. <laughs> um, so I want to bring up a couple of TV shows to you, see if you've seen them yet. Have you seen um, Chapel Wait yet with Adrian Brody? Oh, I haven't, and I love Adrian Brody. I do too. We we now let me ask you a question. I'm glad you brought that up because I think, to tell you the truth, he's probably the best actor going because he is so incredibly natural. I mean, you seriously, from character to character, you're convinced that's the real guy right there. He is phenomenal. Yeah, he he is a really good actor. He like embodies it. I think too because he's more of a character actor. He isn't necessarily yeah. that like classic leading man type of situation and the one luxury of being a character actor is that you really have the ability to just morph into whatever and the audience will accept you as that it's not like when you go see a george clooney film sometimes you're seeing george clooney not necessarily the character yeah i think that's exactly right uh, but chapel weight is really good it's about a family that inherits uh, a house from his cousin in maine and on the way there, they take a ship from, I, I think they're in Maryland or something. They take a ship up to Maine, and his wife dies on the trip up. And then he gets there, and he finds out that everybody in the town of Chapelweight just, or I don't know if that's the name of the town. It's the name of the house, maybe. But they just hated his cousin. They want him gone. They want his whole family gone. They're treated basically uh, like dirt by everyone. It's it's a very it's a fascinating story. We're only two uh, two episodes in so far out of ten, but what what would you say, Catherine? Well, it's really a departure from anything that I've seen Adrian Brody in. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a Ed, Edgar Allan Poe sort of feeling. But it's Stephen King, so yeah. But he's great. definitely borrowing from from Edgar Allan Poe. It's got the oh, yeah. the Whippoorwill song. You know, it's like you know. <laughs> Yeah. Impending doom. It, it has a season two already coming. If that has been picked up, so you at least Ooh. know that you can watch these ten episodes and know that there is more ahead. That's good news. The other thing we've been watching a lot of, Kristen Bird. Catherine and I like to watch British television because I, she and I both think that British actors are generally better than American actors. 
Well, they're classically trained in most cases compared to our actors here in the U.S. Now, some, of course, are classically trained and go to Yale School of Drama and things like that. But a lot of the British actors go through very formal training that just doesn't exist here. Well, it also just feels like American actors and actresses are just all about, you know, their face and their brand. And it just seems more manufactured. Um, Luckily, since and it might be that way in Britain, but we don't know it. Right. right. You know, so it's kind of refreshing to see some new faces and, and different styles. It, it seems like they just are more natural. It's not quite so, like well, I said, about the face hear, or the body. I think feel, yeah, I was going to say we're so obsessed with how we look that mm-hmm. yep, yep. And the way the U.S. TV or way U.S. audiences expect their actors, if we're over 40, you better be hitting the Botox, you better be hitting the gym. Like, yeah. they don't, yeah. unfortunately, they don't allow you to age gracefully at all. Where British actors, I feel like, have a little, I'm sure that they still get criticized, but I don't feel like it is, the noise is as great. Yeah, that's probably true. What, what, what are we watching, Catherine? There's, uh, I don't remember the names of any of them. We just <laughs> what know. are we watching? <clears throat> I mean, we just know remember. where they are. We know where they are and we go right to them. We're, there are about four or five different uh, British dramas that we're watching. Well, we're watching Midsummer. what is it? Oh, now you're saying all these words. You're saying are words, you Tom. On ABC, or are you watching? Yeah, yeah. Well, on Acorn, on Acorn, mostly. Acorn. Roku has it's uh, so hard section. to know. And this is a good point, actually, because if Acorn's on Roku, it's good to know because Roku right now keeps on expanding all of right. their free channels, too. Yep. So they mm-hmm. just added 25 more. So just a word to the wise for people who are realizing that maybe their cable bill, they, maybe they cut the cord because it was too expensive. Now all your streaming services that you're subscribing to is getting too expensive. Get a Roku player. It's not that expensive. And no. you yep. have so many live channels that are specific to topics. Like what, if you want to watch The Price is Right, Bob Barker years, they have a channel for that. It, that's how specific they get. No, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I, I just... <laughs> We are just having so much fun right now, and I would, we're talking about you know there's there's Prime Video and there's Netflix and there's Hulu Ooh. and there's all these different shows. Um, we we had a guest on this morning on the morning show. His show was on Hulu, and we talked about you know when when I was growing up as a, as opposed to Andy, who's 35 years old. When I was his age, we had four channels. We had ABC, NBC, CBS. Well, five channels with PBS. We had PBS, CBS. Uh, ABC, NBC, and Fox. And when I was a younger kid, we didn't even have Fox around until I was probably around 25, something like that. Really? UHF. There's UHF. <clears throat> yeah, UHF. That's right. So that expanded. But now, and Andy, maybe you can speak to this better than I, you sit down in front of the TV, you got hundreds of channels to choose from. It's, man, it's tough. Well, I mean, even when I was a kid, there weren't that many channels. Uh, no. I remember when satellite uh, TV first came out and there were hundreds of channels and everyone was like, wow, there's an infinite amount of content. We'll never be bored again. But that didn't pan out. Well, it seemed like it was really, for about 10 years there, it seemed like the focus was on sports. Yeah. Just sports, 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 sports all the time. Well, yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I was, uh, like, we had cable, but I, if I had to guess, I'd say there were probably like 30, 40 stations, something like that. Mm-hmm. That still is a lot of stations. It's yeah, but it, it was enough for us. But yeah. now, I mean, yeah, there's just 
There's too much choice right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of choice. One thing that I, I love watching, though, uh, Catherine knows this. I don't know if Andy knows it or not, but Kristen, I, I love watching me TV because basically yesterday, oh <laughs> yesterday, I watched Adam Twelve. Are you old Adam enough to remember? Well, I oh, haven't seen 12. the show, but I am 12. familiar with the title because I just didn't they go like Adam Twelve, Adam Twelve, like over the radio. We just had a guest on the KQ Morning Show this morning. He's on uh, How I Met Your Father. He's on that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Chris, just a great guy. He's a really, really nice guy. So he's going to use this word in one of the episodes. He said, I can slip this in. I, no, it's not a problem. I'll slip it in, Tom. Don't worry about it. Because last night, one guy on Adam 12 looks at the other guy on Adam 12 and he goes, I don't know if you're getting the same feeling that I'm getting, but something's kind of hinky. Ah, hinky. <laughs> you know who used hinky all the time? Was uh, that blonde woman on Miami... What was the, oh, freaking frack? I can't think freaking of freaking frack. Um, she she had that little baby voice, and she was with the redhead guy. Oh, you're talking about CSI Miami. CSI Miami. She always used hinky. Did she really? She used yeah. Hinky? I wonder if that's like a southern word. Damn it, hinky. hinky. I remember that's the first time I had ever heard hinky. Abby is who you're talking about. Apparently. Abby, yeah. Hinky. Yeah, she used. I mean, hinky. I've heard hinky. I just you don't hear it used <laughs> no, ever, you and don't. I, I guess. It, uh, yeah, 1970s, 60s. What's the root of that? Uh, 19, I, I think late 60s, early 70s, I think. Okay, yeah. As a matter of fact, it's old enough uh, where one of the very first episodes, uh, a black man is referred to as a Negro. <laughs> so that's how old that show is. It's like, wow. really? It was so weird to hear on TV. It's like, what? It's, it's so funny. Whenever the world seems to be getting a little bit more complicated, war, gas prices, yeah, all that stuff, right. Tom goes back to the good old days. I do. I should leave it to Beaver and gun smoke. And, and things it's true. are so simple. No, I do feel, honestly, it's funny. Maybe I'm just at an age where I'm like, oh, the good old days. But the the complication I feel like of technology yes. and there's great things about it but I the fact that kids too just much. can't go out and play for eight hours and then come home and you know your parents didn't worry about you as much that just doesn't exist well, anymore. Sage is three years old and he already knows how to operate a smartphone no problem. Oh yeah, no problem. He right. know he knows like to identify what uh, UI elements are like what you should tap on. Because pretty much all apps are designed around, like, well, if I see this, I'm going to recognize it as a button, even though it's not a button, because you can't just put buttons on a screen. Right, right. And, yeah, even at the age of three, he's realized that, like, yeah, you hit arrows to move around, and yeah. you, know, you hit pictures to make them bigger and that sort of thing. Uh, Alex has already had to change her password on the, oh, on he the iPad. Really? <laughs> he can't get yeah, in. <laughs> I can't get in. That's phenomenal. too smart. Oh, there's no question about it. I, well, I was telling the story this morning as well about about Sage, three years old. He's we're gonna pop up. We're gonna go to the zoo, and then we're gonna hang around. And then we're gonna have a picnic, and then we're gonna go back to the zoo a little while. And I said, "Oh my God, that's great! When are we going?" I said, "When are we going?" And he said, "You're out of the mix." <gasps> <laughs> How did you get You're, out of the mix? What did you do, Tom? I don't know. I did. Chris and I did something. I don't know what because I did. Because Sage, at his infinite w- wisdom, 
in his infinite wisdom, knows Bop Bop's sense of humor completely. <laughs> he does. That's and true. He, so he is he a mini Tom? Because you're uh, in for it. Yeah, I think he is a little bit of a mini Tom. Uh-oh, that's not it's, good. It's pretty, yeah. Like he said, he said uh, th- this is a typical thing that Tom would say. Uh, I heard they won't allow Sage into the restaurant we're going to tonight. You know, and then Sage, of course, would have a reaction, and then they laugh. This is typical. And then when we take Sage to a restaurant, Sage says, Bop-bop, I heard they don't let bop-bops in this restaurant. Bop-bop. Bop-bop. They don't let bop And he says it very seriously. He says it very, very seriously. You know, he's got, I mean, honestly, he's got your sense of humor pegged already at three. He does. You're getting tastes of your own medicine. That's just fantastic. Oh, don't sound so happy about that I there, Bert. I think it's Bert. great. You're going to have so much fun. You really are. Uh, it's I, oh, well, yeah. Seriously, we could do a video. We could do a YouTube channel on stop hitting Bop me. Up. Sage, stop it. I mean it. I really mean it. So, Nana. Sage, stop hitting Bop Bop. It's really mean. He doesn't like it anymore. Next thing I know, Bop Bop doesn't mind when you hit him. You just need to hit him. Gently and not in the face. <laughs> it's like, face. no, no, just no hitting. <laughs> you can't say it's okay to hit me. It's the wrong lesson. <laughs> exactly. It's impossible to parent that child or grandparent Can that child around Papa. <laughs> uh, it all works out in the end. That's yeah. all I know. I love having grandkids. As a matter of fact, now Ethan will follow it up. He'll be the same story in about two years. He'll be going after me. And yeah, like Papa will give him candy for breakfast, candy for lunch, I know, candy I, for dinner. That's a lie. I've never done that. Buy him tons of toys crash. that they don't need. Well, I have done that. Ice cream and cake. Oh, absolutely. Ice cream and cake, absolutely. Kristen, I don't know if you uh, know of this person, but uh, it's really beloved uh, America's Got Talent star, uh, Nightbird, dead at 31 oh, years old. What? Yes. That's, that's, I, died of cancer. Yep. Oh, God. Indeed, when Nightbird auditioned for America's Got Talent last summer, the singer revealed she was battling cancer in her lungs, spine, and liver, and that she had a 2% chance of survival, but 2% is not 0%, she said. 2% is something. She was popular with the judges and the audience alike during her run on season 16. She has died, unfortunately. That is Yeah, she had a five-year battle, um, but I know that she touched so many viewers, and I just, I saw a lot of the tributes to her, which I thought were really beautiful, so... She made an impact, which I think is important. Yeah. Isn't that tough to go? You go on national television, appear in front of the cameras, and you have to tell people that you've got cancer of the lung, spine, and the liver, and a 2% chance of living. Good oh. God. Well, I, have a, I have a friend who um, is, is young. I mean, she was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer at the age of 23. Um, she's now out, you know, she's outlived doctor's expectations. She's 30, but... Cancer is starting to take its toll, and but yeah. she finds strength and hope by telling her story and sharing her message. So I have a feeling the same thing probably with Nightbird, being able to sing and share her story probably gave her strength as well. Yeah, that's probably true. I would imagine that. She was born Jane Marchevsky and would not be able to make uh, the finals, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, it is what it is. The AGT judges and hosts were mourning her on social media. She was such a bright inspiration to lighten all our lives. Judge Howie Mandel tweeted, We must continue to live and learn from her words and lyrics as much as I feel horribly about her passing. I feel lucky to have met her and known her. Well, that's the old, um, oh, God, who, who's Dr. Zeus again? Uh, Theodore Geisel. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be sad because it's over. Be happy that it ever happened. Yeah. That was one of the greatest things he ever wrote. And I, and I do believe that. Don't be sad that it's over. They, the fact that it happened is a great joy, isn't it? Yeah, the, or that you had this person in your life that you were able to yep. learn and love them. And that's the best part. I don't know if that was Theodore Geisel or the head of the mafia. It was one of the two. <laughs> one of the, the major poets. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the major poets out there. So I do have to ask you a question because, there, boy, I was watching the news this morning before the uh, morning show. Mm-hmm. And there is some major, major concern right now about politics in America. Apparently, and I'm just asking, you know, your personal opinion on this, not that, you know, you need to make any grand statement or whatever. But I think... The situation that happened in San Francisco where the three people got booted off the uh, school board, um, that's had a massive impact on America already because everybody said, hey, look, if San Francisco can do it. Do you think this whole woke culture is just about come to an end? You know, I find that this, like, I don't love this banning of books. I'm going to admit it. No, no. Yeah, I think it's a really bad idea because if you're not able to read the past, how do you do better or learn for the future? Yep. And, you know, just as you were watching Adam 12 and they use different <laughs> language, listen, right. it's the same thing with books. If you read, you know, Tom Sawyer, you're not going to, you shouldn't be running around using the language of Tom Sawyer, but you should be understanding what it meant of that time right. period. Yes. Um, yes. And, I don't see critical race theory, I, I think is really complicated because I think people think it's just saying like white people are bad. But again, if we're not teaching each other about cultures and the history of, of how each how we affected each other, we're not going to learn either. So I feel like there, there has to be some sort of balance in between all of this without banning books and without right. saying that critical race theory is like the devil. Um, I don't have kids in school, so I don't. Obviously, I don't have to worry about it, and I'm sure parents have a stronger thought process on all of this. But it, it, well, both sides are coming at each other, and it's it's exploding. Yeah. Well, it's un- unfortunately you take something that has good intentions, and you'll have the teachers that will take it too far yeah. this way, and you have the teachers that will take it too far that way. And Correct. the parents are the ones that get caught in the middle because their kid comes home and says something like, you know, I feel guilty for having white skin. And my teacher says this and that. And, they're, of course, their kid, I mean, your parents are going to get upset because you don't really want to send your kid to school to learn that message. Yeah, and you also don't want to send him to, on the other, on the extreme either. You have to find that balance of, of understanding exactly. so it's, what it, it, slavery was about. And, yes. and the long-term implications of how that created um, differences in generational wealth or Absolutely. generational poverty. Yeah, but totally I mean, I up. just the latitude of the teachers is what I think is the problem with that. Well, they need to they I, need I just, to have a message and a syllabus and a, this is what we're teaching, and everybody gets to see it and know what it says, and they don't go off topic and off on tangents about their own political views. That's what I think needs to happen. Yeah, and that, that's fair enough because I mean you can, I mean you know like if you're applying to certain universities, you know you're going to get a liberal education or a more Republican education. I was just I was in Arizona this weekend and someone had like a Liberty University sweatshirt, oh, yeah. and I was thinking, oh, Republican college, like that's what it came across in my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right, the, yeah. those there's certain like ideologies that that come with 
certain schools. It just, it is what it is. Um, right. And I, but I, I wonder, again, because I'm not a parent, I don't have this dilemma, but I'm like, can you even just send your kid to any old school anymore? Like, hey, here's our great little public school down the street. I, I know in Los Angeles, most parents drive all over the place to send the kids to the right school, mm-hmm. whether it's public, charter, private, no matter what, or they homeschool. It's a constant battle. And I don't think that the school systems are great at LAUSD overall, but um, I think a lot of the educational process now falls upon the parents, too. I think that's true. One thing I, w- I will say, and I've been talking about this for a few years now, uh, I don't think it is a race situation. I think it is a poor people situation. I think if you're poor, you're going to be treated differently in America. In the, in the state of Minnesota, if you're poor, you are treated completely differently than everybody else. And I don't care what your skin color is. The fact that you're poor drives them crazy. So I think a lot of the what they think is a skin color problem is the poor people who have that skin color that are the real problem for them, just like poor white people. They, they see them as a burden, and they really hate it if you succeed. They don't like that. If you succeed without them, boy, they, they just can't stand that. So one of these days we're going to have to address the fact that Americans in general do not like poor people. They just don't. They, they can say all they want, but they don't. I'm concerned that things are going to get a lot worse because I was just reading some real estate articles, Catherine, you're probably well aware of all this, you know, with such a lack of inventory, so many people paying, you know, full cash offers. It's really wiping out the middle class and obviously the the lower class from ever ever being able to move up, buy a Mm -hmm. house, create wealth for themselves. It's almost impossible, um, it's, especially in many areas of the country, especially where right. now that there's remote work, people don't want to live in a bigger city. They go to a smaller city. They scoop up all the real estate. There's a lot of shifting going on. Yeah, and it drives up every everybody's housing markets, and that is kind of a shame. Um, but, you know, we've seen this before. I remember when I was coming out of high school and interest rates were, oh, my God, what were they, 18%? 18% at one 18%. time. 18%. Yeah. And I remember telling my father, it's like, I, I guess I'll never own a house. I'll never be able to afford to own a house. And he looks at me and he's like, why do you think that? I said, well, interest rates, the way they are, I'm never going to pay 18% on a house. That would be, that's, that's an enormous burden. And he said, yeah, you're right. But just don't forget, the markets change all the time. Look what happened. We had a housing crash. It Everything corrected itself. Not that I want that to happen again, because it took a good twelve years to get over that. But um, you know, things do change. So just hold on. I would never say buy at the top of the market. Right. No, I agree. No, no absolutely not. <clears throat> we have to take a very quick break and be right back in a couple of minutes with Kristen Burt. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more 
when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's special square, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. It won't be around for long. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, too. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, or call 800-516-5146 for these great radio specials. We're rocking out, man. We are back. Um, A little update for you from yesterday. Boris Johnson confirmed yesterday that his government is scrapping the latest, excuse me, the last domestic COVID restrictions in England this week. The prime minister said it marked an end to two of the darkest, grimmest years in our uh, peacetime history. Today is not the day we can declare victory over COVID because this virus is not going away, Johnson said. But it is the day when all the efforts of the last two years finally enabled us to protect ourselves whilst restoring our liberties in full. He confirmed that mandatory self-isolation for people with COVID-19 will end starting Thursday. And the routine tracing of infected people's contacts uh, will stop, along with most free testing. The leader of the opposition Labor Party, Keir Starmer, said the government's half-baked approach would leave Britain vulnerable. Ignorance is bliss. It's not a responsible approach to a deadly virus, Starmer said. Uh, No, I I would agree with Boris Johnson. It's time to lift these restrictions. It's never going to go away. Nothing we can do is going to keep you from getting sick. I got sick. Everybody in the family got Not Catherine, of course. I didn't get sick. You didn't either? Catherine and I have super immune systems. Um, Israel just lifted their uh, vaccine um, requirements to get in and out of the country. So that's interesting, too. People can be traveling. I've noticed that some of the live events that I host, they're starting to come back, I would say, late spring or so. So I think that that will be, we'll start seeing that move forward. Because that's been kind of like the last part of the industry to really come back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's interesting about this is you see other countries doing this, and then Canada just um, passed some sort of executive powers again, again. And if you're unvaccinated, you can't leave Canada? Right. Why would they want you to stay? It's like (laughs) they want to send you a tear. (laughs) Yeah, they hate them so much. Send them away. (laughs) Don't keep them. (laughs) Just doesn't make sense to me. No, I understand. Andy, what do you think of that whole thing? Do you think do you think we're wasting our time with the masking and the vaccinating and all the rest of it? Now, look, I I got vaccinated, I got boosted, I got all that stuff, so I'm not arguing against vaccination. But don't you think? Do you think it's time to wrap it up? I think unless you are in a risk, a high risk group, then I think you just need to accept the inevitable that you're going to get it, you're going to get over it, and that's how it is. The problem so you, is that everyone is treating everyone with the same brush. Everyone's like, well, we have to mask right. up, so 
we have to have your six-year-old wear a mask, and we also have right. to have you know ninety-year-old grandpa wear a mask. But those are people who live in completely different universes when it comes to this virus. The six-year-old probably won't even notice that they have it. Right. The ninety-year-old has a very real chance of dying. So we should treat them differently, but we don't. No, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Well, Sage, yeah. when he had it, he was tired for about three hours. Yeah, that was exactly. It. <laughs> what was it? He Ethan had it. That was it. I don't know if he even had any symptoms. He didn't. Yeah, no, he just had it, and he had he symptoms. Had it. He had no I mean, symptoms. Yeah, he uh, he did sleep a little uh, a little extra one day, and I think he may have had some extra coughing. He coughs all the time, but yeah, I he think does. he coughed a little more than usual. Although he has started to fake cough in order to get attention, so it's hard <laughs> to say. Yes. There's a yeah. shock. Yeah, he knows, oh, that, that's so he knows that if he coughs, we'll look over at him. So if, he's, if, if we're not looking at him enough, he'll just go like, heh, heh. Oh, my God. See how, how young they are? And I they, know. They, they know how early. to Ridiculous. They know how to play the room. Yeah, I, I first so heard funny. it. I was like, did you just fake cough so I'd look at you? And, yep. <laughs> The answer is yes. Oh, yeah. Wait till uh, it, it, one day he'll barf and everybody will freak out because he'll just barf <laughs> on everything. Oh, he's done and then it a couple like, times. Yeah, then they'll all of a sudden start fake barfing, too. They oh, do all kinds of stuff like really? that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then. Well, they like, you know, everybody, when they freak out, they get this huge reaction and they're this teensy, weensy yep, little any entity. Any sort of attention is, uh, yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. That's so funny, fake coughing. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm so ill. Yeah, yeah exactly. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. <laughs> I used to have a dog that she, when I'd say, let's race, she would start running and then she would start limping. My Indeed. cat did that on our way uh, out the door to vacation. Limping. And so, oh. <laughs> oh, so you wouldn't leave? Yeah, and so we actually thought she injured herself. We took her to the vet. It was New Year's Day, by the way, so we had to go to an emergency vet. And the other, the little cat who had her injured paw, supposedly, wouldn't get in the carrier without the other cat. So we put them both in the carrier, and I handed her over to the vet, and I was like, the big one is fine. Just look at the little one, but I guess like the other one's a comfort animal. And then it was just taking long, and we were trying to drive down to Palm Springs. And I told my husband, like, just pack up the cat stuff, come back over here, and let's just go. Um, so we took the cats on vacation with us. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's yeah. one way of solving it. But I, I don't know. So she funny. wasn't limping after we paid, you know, the $200 well, bill. She's yep. like, I'm fine. <laughs> $200 for an emergency vet's actually pretty good. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't bad. But there was nothing wrong with her. I think they just, it was like, yep. we just have to charge you because you came in the door. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We have to charge you because you came in the door. Well, that's great news. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Pretty much true, yeah. though. We have it is pretty much true. Polly on the phone. Polly. Uh oh. Okay. He's sick. We Pauly gotta pay attention Sagey. to him. Got to pay attention to Polly now. First of all, I, I just kind of want to apologize for last time I called in. I kind of went off the rails there. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, good. You're, you're um, fine. What are you talking about, the um, the critical race theory and all that stuff? Yeah. You know, growing up out in the country, I didn't see a, never met a black person until I was probably 15, 16 years old. And, I, you know, I just thought that was kind of normal. But when, um, another guy I was in treatment with, 
he said he never saw a white person until he was about that same age. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of crazy to think about that, 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 that there's such a different, you know, cultures or whatever, to where we never see each other. You yeah, know, but I think on TV with social media and stuff, no, it's different, but no wonder why we're, we're scared of each other. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I, I mean, they do put people in their little envelopes and all that stuff, and, I, and that's exactly what it is, Paulie, is that people, uh, I'm not around you, therefore I'm afraid of you. I mean, that's just how people are, and I don't blame them, actually, if they're just not used to it, they feel uncomfortable. Let them get over it, and we'll move on, right? Right, yeah, I, and, yeah, and I think, I know social media is pretty evil, but they can do some good, too, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um you know, from people beating each other. And I don't, I just, I think everybody should go to treatment at least once. <laughs> Even if you don't have a problem. <laughs> Even if you don't ever need to go anyway. That's probably a bad, not a bad idea. Yeah, just you get to meet, you get to meet, well, it's like Israel and having to join the military. I mean, people should have to go to treatment and meet people from different backgrounds and, yep. and you know, see what real life is for somebody else. Not yeah, that makes bubble. That makes total sense. So everything's going well today, Bali. Yep, I'm in the same place. I start my I start my 90 day program on Monday. No, you're going to start a so, program. That's good. I'm glad to hear that, Bali. Because you you want to stay alive, you know. I don't know if you know this or not, but you should probably stay alive. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll check uh, in once in a while. Well, no, you check in. You can check in once in a while. There's nothing wrong with that. No, you start that oh, no, on no. Monday. Oh, no, no. have your phone there. Oh. Yeah. On yeah. uh, Monday, yeah. You yeah, start on program, Monday. Well, congr- I was supposed to start tomorrow, but I couldn't find transportation down there. And them broke, so I need to get some money first. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a really great program. Um, I don't know if I should name it, but it's it's um, it's a good place, and I'm I'm really excited to be there to go I'm there. Glad. I'm glad to hear it, Paul. Um, but but it yeah, shows it, great character that you, you that you slipped and you faced it, and now you're going back to take care of it. That shows great character, Polly. Yeah, what I talked about the other day was when they were throwing out the dead neighbors. Oh, yeah, dead neighbor. Odie's um, furniture out the window. Mm-hmm. I think I thought about that afterwards, and the reason I think I was so upset is that could be my stuff going oh, out yeah. the window. Like nobody oh, cares. Yeah. Mm. You know what no, I mean? you're absolutely right. So, I don't know, but yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. This uh, next time you see somebody, give, give them the old country way, raise the finger off the steering wheel. I like say, it. Hello, to everybody. <laughs> it works for All me. Right. All right, Paulie, we'll stay in touch, will you? Sure. Thanks. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good day. So, um, Kristen, you ever been on what? Honey? I wanted to go through some of these screeners with Kristen. Okay, hold on one second. Oh, you got your screeners? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, we got tons of screeners. Um, that was Polly. Polly's been a, a lifelong, well, nine-year listener to this show. I guess not lifelong. <laughs> but Polly uh, went through treatment for alcoholism and came out and slipped. 
and now he's going back into treatment. And I really, I wanted to point that out to people that you can make him, you know, and I, it, I'm sorry, but slipping is a mistake in my view. Uh, but you can make mistakes, you can slip, and you can turn it around and get back after it. So Paulie's a great example. He, he just, uh, it's a tough road to hoe for a lot of people. You once you once you get hooked on that booze, man, that's a whole different deal. But um, so I'm proud of him. He's a, he's a nice man, and I'm proud of you, Paulie. I know you're listening. So that's that's it. Okay. Well done. Well screeners. Done. Okay, screeners, licorice pizza. Oh, I love this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Um, Will Tom watch it? <sighs> <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, nice. I'm like, I, I know that sounded really like, like, no, he's not going to. Catherine, you're going to like it more than he will. Okay, so I've got a friend coming down for the weekend, and we're we're trying to figure out what to watch. You kids yeah, have a good time. It takes place in the valley in California in the 1970s. A little love story. Yeah. Okay, so I'll watch that yeah. with her. Okay, it's Paul well, Squid Game. I think he's going to get frustrated with it. So yeah. Okay, Squid Game. Obviously, I've watched all those, so that's not. Yep. I I thought it was. A very weird show. Indeed. It is, but but don't you find it weirdly compelling though at the same time? Yes. Yes. Like absolutely. It's so peculiar, but the whole yeah. idea of them playing games and then just getting shot and then they're dying for the money at the same time, like I I couldn't look away. I know, and it just goes I mean, it does it was it, it was interesting to me because I really do feel like people will do anything for money. And this really oh, God, that's yes. what that was shining a light on. Well yep. the other interesting thing, and I think I've talked about this before is that in asia namely korea and japan that specific genre of like a death game is so common that it's basically like you know they're you know police procedurals or whatever it's all over the place there's video games about it there's movies about it there's tv shows about it and it's because their culture is so cutthroat that it's a commentary that makes sense over there i mean when in japan at least i'm sure korea is the same way uh, you, if you don't uh, graduate the top of your class, you're not going to get into a good school. The door is just closed for you. So people will do anything to graduate at the top of their class, and then they go to this good college, and if you don't graduate at the top of that, you're not going to get a good job. So there's another uh, death game right there. And then when you get a good job, if you don't work 70 hours a week to impress your boss, you're not going to get that raise. You're not going to get respected. So the whole culture is basically like Squid Game, where you're mm. constantly having to play these societal games in order to just survive. So, well, and in America, these... it doesn't really translate super well, because while that does exist, it's not terribly common unless you immerse yourself in certain specific circles that do act that way. Are these, are these shows designed to maybe wake the public up to I this? Think everyone knows, I think. I think most of them just think this is the way it is. What can you do about it? It's, I mean, I'm trying to think of a good example in America of just, you know. It can become like America where people don't even want to work anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) And that's the truth. Yeah, but who wants to work with the public? I I came out of the Phoenix airport last night, and that place was like the Wild West. I mean, passengers are so unruly. I wouldn't want a job with an airliner at the airport. Oh, God, I wouldn't either. It was awful. It was so, I was at Southwest just coming back and even just like the waiting area, you know, at the gate where you're sitting there, people were just like throwing food on the floor, plates, really? soda bottles, God. napkins. I was like, 
pick up your stuff, but then at the same point, there's like no trash cans that are empty, mm-hmm. like they're overflowing, and obviously the gate agents are <sighs> overtaxed. They're so tired. People are snapping at them. Everyone's tired of wearing a mask. I was like, and LAX is not like this. So I've flown out of there several times. It's Phoenix Air, Airport specifically because I flew in and out of there. And I was like, wow, they're struggling right now. Well, honestly, That's that could weird. be a good parallel to what I'm talking about in the Asian cultures. In the West, it's lack of societal cohesion. And we have tons of shows basically poking fun at that. It's like, oh, everyone hates each other. How funny. We all know that it exists. We all don't like it, but we all think that there's really nothing we can do about it. So all you can do is just satire Put it. Put up with it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's that's kind of like how the Squid Game thing is. It's like they all know that their culture is extremely ruthless and cruel, but what can you do? That's how things are. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I don't know if okay. the service industry is going to recover. I just want to say one thing about this in that most of my friends who worked in the service industry – pre-COVID are now working remote jobs because they don't want to work with the public. And yep. I'm like, yeah. how are they? Are we going to find people to work in the service industry? At least in Los Angeles, it's not people don't want to work. It's that they found other better paying work with less hassle. Yeah, out where I live, people do not want to work in the service industry. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of remote jobs yeah. out there. And I think a lot of people aren't able to. Child care didn't come back the way you know it was pre-COVID yeah. as well. You have to make changes to your family dynamic. Right. All right. How about Passing? Did you watch Passing? I have not watched Passing. There was another um, movie, I think, back in the 60s where it kind of was the same thing. There was, it was a movie about a, white, a black girl who became a singer. God, I can't remember the name of it. It's very old. And she wanted to pass as white. And her mom had had to track her down. Do you remember this? Yeah, because movie they too? abandoned. If people don't know. Oftentimes, black people who are white passing, especially back, you know, in the the twenties and thirties, they would start basically white lives and leave their entire black families behind them. Yeah, I think that's what Pretend this movie is about. And this is what this movie is. Yeah, I haven't okay, seen so. it yet, but it I'd is. I'd like on to my see list. it. I'm sure it's good. How flea bag? What is flea bag? Um. Fleabag is the um, British TV show. This is a comedy series. Right, with Phoebe oh, this Waller. is for Screen Actors Guild. Okay, Fleabag. Well, yeah. maybe we want to watch that if it's funny. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Fleabag. It's a great series. I'm, okay, a I'm movie. I'm surprised you haven't watched it in prior SAG um, screeners. Not, no, never, never saw it. The series is already wrapped up. So. Okay, we'll have to watch that. Parasite? Uh, the movie of the year? year? Parasite was... I know, these are all old. These are old. Where are you getting these from? I, we just got a load of... We got a load of them, and they, these were in there. Parasite? I don't oh, know. I think these are, these, are, these are the SAG Awards. Yeah, those are for the SAG Awards. Yeah, but why so, are they still so Parasite old? From, Parasite was the 2019 film. I think what? We, yeah. I don't know. I really? It's in it there. Came out. Well, let's see. SAG Awards 2020. Do you even have the correct screeners? We'll find out. Did I shove them in a b- bunch of other screeners? Yes. Squid yeah. Game hand, Handmaid's Tale. That's a trillion years Handmaid's old. Handmaid's Tale is still in the mix. That's true, that's, I suppose, but yeah. still. Because uh, Tick Tick Boom's in this pile, and that's new. Tick Tick Boom new, is correct. Did, Parasite was... I don't it know. It was Best Picture for the 92nd Academy Awards. <laughs> I have never seen Parasite. Was that good? It is another South Korean, okay. um, this is a black comedy thriller. 
Oh. It won Best Picture. And so it also got the screen. Um, I believe that the cast also got the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Ensemble. Okay, we'll have to watch that. And then that Tick, Tick, Boom, did you Oscars. see this? <laughs> Which one? Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, I love Tick, Tick, Boom. But Tom's going to It was a little long. Like no, Tom would have hated it. I was going to say, he was going to hate it. Parasite yeah, I watched not it in the else. 2022 uh, nominees, All right, well then, the sorry, I must have gotten well, a screener in the cupboard mixed me. up. <laughs> well, I thought maybe film. the SAG Awards were like a rolling five-year thing or something. But I'm the SAG I thought, member, and I get the same screeners. Thing. Oh, maybe they... I about the SAG Awards, really. I, I thought maybe they were, uh, because of COVID, it was, like, put into another year or something. Oh, yeah, like maybe that. No, they've done the SAG Awards every year. They, oh. they were not oh. postponed at all. For, oh, interesting. Right. Well, well, then that's just because it was a pile of screeners that we never yeah, watched. Probably <laughs> true. You can go back a couple years and watch. Why not? Yeah. Probably true. So you think Tom would like Parasite? I think so. Wait, did he like no. Squid Games? Did you hate Squid no, Games? No, he never would have no. watched Squid oh, Games. God, okay, no. then don't watch Parasite. Well, Parasite is Parasite. He likes thrillers. Is Parasite dubbed or subbed? Uh, this one, I don't know. It doesn't say. You can say. play with it. I know, like, on Squid Games, you can play with it. Yeah, Squid Game, my... you can choose between um, a dub and subtitles. I don't know about Parasite, though. I don't think Parasite. I, I don't recall what my screener had, but I don't remember that you could switch between. Oh, so it was subs only? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you'd uh, appreciate that. So we're still not getting a ton of things Tom would watch. Nah, most of it's not for me. And then there's right another now. pile of them somewhere that we can go through next week. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I'm sure it's like West Side Story. Have, have you watched the new one yet? Yeah, the, we got that. That was sent to us. I didn't see it, though. I want to see it. All right. That's, you know, one thing when Kristen Burt comes on, the time just flies. That's all I have to say. That's what I'm here to do. Just make your hour go as quick as possible. It does go fast. Thanks. All right, Pally. We'll Pally, talk to you next see week. You later. Thanks. Yes, I'll be here. That's going to do it with family.